All right. Ready to go. All right. All right. Justin. Yes. Which episode is it? 57. Am I right? You're, 53. You're, thank you for the scab answer from the back row of the classroom. It is episode 53. God damn it. Yeah, it's, yeah you're usually one off, but... Uh, oh, I, I missed a week, so I, I was... Five off? Yeah. You missed a week and you're five off? Did you graduate from third grade or what? No. No, I didn't. I, I, you I don't think... education shame on this podcast, so... Oh, sorry. Man, we're going to get triggered over that. <clears throat> you better be careful. So, before we talked about today's masterpiece from our favorite filmmaker, next to Michael Bay, he's like one below in the Pantheon, there are a couple of news items that I thought we should cover. You missed a perfect transition or a segue there, by the way. Oh, what did I, well, into what? You said, you know, we aren't, we, we don't like having triggers yeah. on this podcast, and I'm assuming you are going to talk about a trailer that came out this week. Star Trek. No. What? No. Well, there uh, was a Star Trek trailer, but we, I didn't We appreciate it. the Star Trek Beyond trailer you shared with us, but it, it just said there's a new series coming to CBS, payusmoremoney.com in the fall. Well, I thought it was pretty cool. I didn't have anything, didn't show anything about the show. I'll be excited when they're showing me pieces of the show in there, and then I'll get interested in it. Okay. But is that you want to field the ball, Justin? You want to cover? I, I really don't. Okay. But, I, I mean, I guess on your list of things, there is something about the new Ghostbusters trailer that came out, which yeah. pretty much confirmed what we all were thinking uh. it was going to be. Yeah, the second Ghostbusters trailer came out, and sucks. I think we, we already discussed it the first time. With the, when the first trailer came out, we gave it a good amount of discussion, but I think one of the, one of the things I said in there, I'm not sure if uh, Grant and Justin concluded the same thing, was that it might have just been a really, really, really poor edit. And whoever was making the trailer might have just been really shitty at their job. Turns out that was probably not the case. No, it's just a shitty trailer. Yeah. Again. All the jokes fall flat. There's nothing funny about it. After two trailers, I haven't laughed once. And the effects are reminiscent of the, the Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, That's the exactly. level of special effects we're talking here, which is kind of embarrassing. Yeah. When the effects from the 1984 movie look superior to a movie being made in 2016 no good and it shows you the entire plot of the movie so yeah it, there was a couple sins in there like that but just assume the editing was the best part of the movie Ooh, it's gonna be bad i don't think the the movie editor cuts the trailers i think that somebody from sony or whoever makes it does that so i don't even know who made this fucking movie doesn't matter it's gonna be horrible I can. I, I, I can. Tell I, I was thinking maybe Paramount, but I'm not even sure because it could be Paramount, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's gonna be shit. Who's gonna suck? Actually, what I wanted to talk about was Lockheed Martin says that they're going to send somebody to Mars within 12 years. We promise. Bullshit. Really? Please give us some of that SpaceX money. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. They're not going to do that. No, they're just they're fishing for a nice contract, but right. it, it is hilarious to see that somebody has now started the Mars fever race again. It's lain dormant since, I uh, can't remember which State of the Union that was, but President Bush was saying we're going to send humans to Mars. 
Yeah. I think that was the same one where he warned us about animal-human hybrids taking over the world. So, like, 2006 or something. You remember that one, don't you? (laughs) It rings a bell. Now that you said it, I'm like, holy shit, that was a while ago. (laughs) So, it's been 10 years, I think, more or less, since we heard about this last. So, that's cool. So, what sort of briefing do you think he got to be like, oh, man... Animal human hybrid. Well, it's like he doesn't bricks. Over he this. has no control over the speech. Yeah, I mean, they, like I think like they just put it on the teleprompter. Yeah, people just write the speech for him. The lobbyists put in there what they want to put in there, and then he reads it off the teleprompter. That's the sense I got. Are you talking about George Bush, the man I voted for? G Dubs. Yep. Anyway, he wrote his own stuff. He probably had speechwriters and edited bits and pieces himself. But I mean, that's how most. Nobody writes their own speeches. The State of the Union's like 300 pages. Fuck that. (laughs) Nobody's writing that. They don't have the time for that. Exactly. Yes, speechwriters goes over it and probably makes small edits and whatnot. Yeah, somebody probably just said animal-human hybrids are dangerous, and he was like, all right. I I don't know. What is an animal-human hybrid? He never explained. Oh. But anyway, that was the same State of the Union where we heard about Mars colonization and all that shit. So it's cool that SpaceX, I guess, is kind of pushing private industry in that direction. So hopefully somebody, at least one of them, will come up and be honest and do it. Will Matt Damon be on board? No, because he's an actor. Oh. Yeah. But they sent Aerosmith into space. That is true. They should send the 10-inch Mutant Ninja Turtles into space, the new sci-fi porn parody that's coming out. I remember you texting me about that. I that's a, that's the extent of my knowledge on that. Uh, well, you can follow the the turtles like uh, Dongatello. Are they making uses of splorches or whatever those things? No, are they're called? not using splorches. Okay, just a story about a, a guy who works at a nuclear power plant jacked off in the shower, and his radioactive sperm hit turtles and made them into like regular. <laughs> 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 made them into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but the legally distinct 10-inch Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> with huge cocks. And then I guess they run a train in April, O'Neil. Why are there turtles in a power plant? Hey, wait a minute. Is this this is not sci-fi. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, turtles are, are sci-fi. sci-fi. Yeah, they yeah. Are. no, the, they're not. No, because they got turned into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles by like some special okay. chemical. No ooh. way. I, I think I'm with your dad on this. Like... No. If we're saying Walking Dead isn't sci-fi, there you go, turtles Justin. are not sci-fi as well. There you go, But wow. the difference is, the Walking Dead, there's no origin Justin, given for can I adopt the virus. <laughs> Judas Iscariot here at the table with us today. <laughs> and then Justin, in the turtles, they give you. a scientific reason why they became mutant turtles. Because they, they walked over some radiation. No, it's a mutagen. They specifically designed it. It's a so mutagen. there's a mutagen that affected the Walking Haven't Dead Haven't you ever people? seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secrets of the Ooze? Yeah, no, they, honestly. Yeah, like, I sort of just know the, the general lore behind Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Secret of the Ooze, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a high-quality movie. They, they explain the whole did, thing did in there. Did Splinter get the ooze as well? Or is that just... Yeah, because in the movie he was a rat and got exposed to the ooze, and then he just turned into like a humanoid okay, rat. Okay, honestly, the ooze sounds like something that's in 10-inch Turtles or whatever it is. I'm serious. You've got to go back okay. and watch it. The ooze. The, the movie is called Secret of the Ooze. Anyway, I think that if we review the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Justin, I think we should review part of The Walking Dead. Well, I don't watch The Walking Dead, but I'm just siding with you on this. <laughs> okay, you are not going to be my son. Forget it. I got the rug pulled out from under you on that one. <laughs> yep. Anyway, speaking of hilarious shit happening to old people, let's talk about signs. 
Mm. M. Night Shyamalan's second movie? Was his first one, The Village? Uh, or, no, his first, no, his first movie is The Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense. And then he followed his... it up with Unbreakable. So this is his third movie? Yeah. Okay. So he's still on his hot streak then. Yeah, like... Hey, he's rolling. Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, and this movie made, like, monster money. Is this the movie that he had, like, the next Spielberg question mark time cover for? I, I think that's what yeah, this was. Yeah. yeah. Well, as is uh, now our custom for confusing movies, I did watch it last night and had some questions with many underlines. Oh, no, wait a minute. That was, that was still Transformers because I was talking about killing myself. Hold on. You weren't talking about killing yourself during this movie? Because I was a little bit. Why did you take notes? Why do you have questions? It was a great movie. Let's, you know what? Let's do an experiment. Let's take like a, a little miniature Iowa straw poll type thing. Yep. We have one vote for it was a Survey good movie. Survey Monkey says it was good. I, I think it was a good movie. I don't think it was a great movie. Justin, your vote? It, it felt like a B movie. I, I agree with Justin. So we are 50% split on the, the good, bad movie splitometer. Well, I think Grant said it was good. I think it's excellent. Well, I want to just go right into that. I think Justin just brought up an important point that it felt like a B movie. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of what they did really well is to make it feel like a B movie because crop circles are inherently like a B movie phenomenon. And, you know, they're that kind of a phenomenon in real life too, where there's just as much of a line of it being a hoax as it is unexplained. And therefore I think it's still one of those things that's actually pretty mysterious. Yeah. I mean, there's like that part of it, but then like, I don't know. Some of the stuff in the movie just felt like, kind of B-movie-esque, like, they had, like, this stupid little kid, like, you know, predicting shit, and then, like, you know, they had, like, the bad-looking, like, CGI aliens and, like, you know, the little puppet hands, whatever, sticking through the bottom of the door that looked goofy as shit, and then, like, the only thing that made it, like, an A-movie or, you know, a big blockbuster movie in my mind, it's like, oh, they have Mel Gibson, you know, heading it. You know, I thought the acting was good, too. It's just not Mel Gibson, I think. Like, Joaquin Phoenix was very good. And, oh, yeah. And, I mean, you can't really, like, shit on the kids too much. It's because they're supposed to be playing, like, little kids. I mean, I little, kid, little kids are all great. annoying. The little girl in particular was great. <laughs> I think she's fine. I'll take a huge dump on the Culkin kid there. Yeah, that kid yeah. looked like, you know, Macaulay Culkin. like reborn. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's why you're biased. Because you yeah, don't like Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin. Culkin. I like Macaulay Culkin fine. I think his brother sucks at acting. <laughs> they should have gotten him and just had him pretend to be younger. So uh, it would be like a Home Alone I, reprise with Look, if they had signs. made Home Alone with aliens, like Mel Gibson and his brother went somewhere <laughs> else and the aliens are trying to break in the house and he's like using the RC car to, you know, light him on fire or something, that would have been a great movie. <laughs> Get him with a squirt gun? Yeah. If he found out water killed him, he could use a super soaker. That product placement come on oh yeah just i didn't even think about 100 like because no i actually remember bisect the alien down the middle with a super soaker blast yeah, with the constant <laughs> pressure system and the ones they banned <laughs> what was that thing yeah. they had in the first movie of home alone that like it was a little like recorder thingy because i remember the, having the one the talk as a boy the talk, talk boy yeah, yeah i remember having one of those. that was in the second movie oh was it because okay. he used it to fake the hotel reservation oh yeah by just playing his voice really slow and uh tim curry's like okay great we'll get you the master suite Sounds legit. 
Oh, no, sorry. That's Professor McGonagall who does that from the Harry Potter movies. Maggie Smith is the desk attendant. We digress. I don't know. Absolutely not. I don't want to tell you something about the Harry Potter you, movies. You are not allowed to cite digressions. You be quiet in your chair over there. <laughs> oh. You have. You were so far in the Wait a minute. I, but I thought Signs, going back to the movie, had three or four really nice plots woven through it, which I thought was pretty cool. One was, um, you know, obviously the loss of his wife. Two, the kid with the health problems, and he's lost faith. Three is, you know, the his brother there's something going on with Joaquin Phoenix like his his apex of his life was in high school as a baseball player no he's he, a, he was in the minor leagues yeah. oh the minor leagues yeah. yeah and then the other and then the last plot is the is the front one which is about aliens so I thought it was nicely done I, I thought Wasn't it was the very first plot I watched it three I've watched it no, four no, different the times one was his wife oh well, no one cares about her she died I think the movie unintentionally is a B movie. I think M Night Shyamalan, evident by the dialogue and everything, was really trying to make another one of his like spooky, super epic movies, and it, it just didn't work out for him. I can't say. That I mean, any... it turned out okay, yeah. but it wasn't good or. But great, I don't think he intended like... to make a B movie. Like he was not going for like the the cheese, you know, like schlocky shit with scientists in lab coats, you know, saying mm, the aliens are invading. I think he just had such a like a pretentious style from like Unbreakable that it just kind of happened that way. But that gets to what I was saying that you, it's really hard to make a movie that doesn't come off like a B movie or have somewhat of that flavor because the subject matter is inherently that B movie stuff that's so closely associated with B movies and like UFOs and crap like that that and hoaxes. Well, you can have like. You, Independence Day and whatnot like that's aliens. But they didn't do crop circles in Independence Day. Like that's something they specifically, I think, avoided in that because they wanted to, you know, draw people's attention to like, oh, there's like fucking five mile wide spaceship flying over your city. Whereas you know, you can actually read stuff about crop circles and people have been doing them for what centuries. I mean, there's like I think the first crop circles are probably like those Nazca line things or. They're not really crop circles. Those are just rocks. Right, but people arrange them in some way, and then people have been doing these crop circle things for a long time, and then some of them are kind of unexplained, like they can't explain how they made the corn in that pattern or whatever or flattened it in that way, but then other ones are clearly hoaxes because they've cut it or done something. Well, I mean, I they hard... did kind of explain how you can do corn that way. Like the police officer said, oh, yeah, I was watching something last night, and... Just use, like, a piece of wood, like a two-by-four, and, like, some uh, string, like, wrapped around your neck. Just, like, press down the corn, and it doesn't break, but it bends. Because I remember actually watching that on, like, some, you know, bullshit history channel thing a while, a while ago. In search of? Yeah, probably in search yeah. of. Has that one dude with, like, the crazy-looking hair no, that's always, no, like, no. aliens? No, no, that's ancient aliens. Yeah. Oh, okay. In search of is Leonard Nimoy. Oh, Okay. It's like a 1980s, late 70s thing where he's trying to look for a Bigfoot and shit. Like, it is, it's the it's, original right. it's crazy hair guy shows yeah, and stuff. Sucked. Yeah, ancient So, alien. did you guys think Independence Day was a good movie? Just for Off topic. Anyway, Sorry. talking about signs again. No, I just wanted to get a reference point with you guys. We're going to review Independence Day when the sequel comes out. Yeah, I know, but did you guys like it? I like it. I think it's a hilarious movie. I thought Signs was better. Sorry. No, like I said, I think Signs is a good movie. 
it just has some distressing plot point failures to me. Most notably, can we just talk about it right away? The whole idea that aliens want to aliens who are sensitive or allergic or somehow harmed by water well, try to invade a planet that's eighty percent water. Let's but let's talk about on that point more broadly how stupid the aliens are. Because I have several questions throughout here that I notice, like the aliens just do really dumb stuff for having spaceships and shit. Like, you know, for example, they say that oh, the crop circles are like their navigation system. Why do spaceship people have to rely on crop circles to navigate? Like, surely they must have some kind of space down view of the planet. Well, that, I mean, this is all stuff that the kid was saying when he was, like, reading out of the the books and stuff and him and Joaquin are talking about these things. Like, the, the, I mean, they don't actually explain any of this, I think, by design. The kid's just speculating all these things, like, saying, oh, like, they're, you know, they're vegans because they would have recognized, like, that it's a superior, you know, diet or something like that. It's like, but we never really find anything out about that. I think he's, it's, they're just building tension. Yeah, it's all speculation yeah. from characters that... See, I, I what with the aliens, you know. You would think that. But then that stupid book he buys turns out to be the script of the movie right down to their farmhouse on fire with them dead in the front lawn with the kid laying in his dad's lap. But like, that, that same of... thing had, like, a but house a on sign. fire and laser beams coming out of the, yeah. like, uh, I, I know. UFOs. But I'm saying, like, that, that book turned out to be more or less the script of the movie. Yeah, it's called foreshadowing. It's, it's a technique. It's called really bad writing. Is what it's called. It was a sign. No, lots. There. Look, movies do this all the time. They use they they specifically good. call out like items and stuff like that, or or plot points that reoccur later in the movie. I mean, it it's just sometimes yeah, it's too it, on the head. It's not usually that blatant. I mean, yes, they do it, but it's not like, oh, hey, here's a picture of your house in a book, and it's on fire, and there's three kids dead in the lawn, or two kids in a. Well, okay, I, like a good example to me of some like. It's definitely like they hit the nail on the head really hard, but it still works. Is like in Jaws. Remember when uh, Quint gives the speech about being on the the USS Indianapolis and how he said, oh, "I'm never putting on a life jacket again." And then like the very next scene, the next day when they're hunting the shark, he uh, and the shark fucks up the boat. He's like looking at the life jacket, and they do like a two second hold on him looking at the life jacket. So it's really really blatant call out, but I, it still works. I mean, it's just a technique. Yeah, but it, and you only see the book for like a split second. Yeah, I mean, no, no, the book is referenced many times in the movie. They but said, you see that picture, not. I mean, you don't right. see that picture, but once I think. I think, you get, I think you're being too literal. It was a very literal right. foreshadowing. Is my problem with it? But. Yeah, I, I think so that the movie's being too literal. No, it, it doesn't work. It's another sign. It's That's for, what the name of the movie is: signs. You know what? If you want to go right to the end of the plot where his wife gets cut in half by a truck and says a bunch of non-coherent shit, and it turns out that the Swing little girl away. uses all of their glasses, which, by the way, how many fucking water glasses do these people have? There's like 300 of them in the house. Well, how many do you have in this house? He has a glass blowing factory. Not that side. many. She's got them all over the place. Well, and maybe like, there was a sale with. No, it, it honestly looked like one of those high school pranks that, like, you know, they put the water cups yeah. down the whole hallway, but in, like, a house. Maybe the child, maybe the girl was traumatized by her mother's death, so the guy, that Mel Gibson's character, indulged her and let her do that. 
See now, what you're doing though is you're you're making up explanations for what happens in the movie. The, the yeah. movie's got to tell us this stuff, otherwise it can't just be like, aha, the well, plot is resolved. I don't think it, it shouldn't tell us. Shouldn't it should tell show us the stuff. Why well, can't I mean, you the, make the, the jump movie yourself? Has to communicate that information to you. Right. I just took it as she's like going through a phase and she's yeah. weird and she likes to put glasses. No, I, on I understand things. that, but I, it's fine if that's it's separate thing. But then to have that lazy tie-up like M Night Shyamalan's neat bow he does, where the wife says all of these things specifically. Meryl needs to swing the baseball bat. Let the little girl be weird with the water glasses. You know, tell the other kid to keep being a fucking retard. Like, in this case though, I don't think it's the fact that there's a nice bow tying the whole thing up that matters. The whole thing that it hinges on is that the guy has lost his faith. So even knowing all this stuff, he finds on the end of the movie. I think that's the climax. It's like, what is he gonna do with it? Like, is he actually gonna believe this stuff, or is he gonna? sink back into his cynicism and, you know, everybody's going to die or what's going to happen. Right. To me, that's like the ultimate point of it. And the fact that it's, it's a nice twist like that, I, I like it because in in this case, it puts you in Mel Gibson's shoes as a character because if I was in that position, I'd be like, you know, how could it possibly be like so wrapped up so neat in this design like this? How could I possibly believe this? And so he has to make a leap of faith. So I, I got it. I don't think that's a matter of getting it or not. I think it's a matter of accepting M. Night Shyamalan's attempt to like tie the movie up in a five-second like window story. I can almost buy Grant's explanation, but it seems lazy. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Like, oh, his wife told him everything about it when she died six months ago. Anyway, the aliens are dead now. Ha, 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 ha. The poison well, had to go on his lungs because really, really hard. I just think he, that's what he was doing as a filmmaker to try to really suck you into the moment because you've been with this guy throughout the whole movie and he is like a really dour motherfucker because of what's happened to him and you know he's shitting all over everybody else's faith through the whole movie, right? And then at the end you get to this thing where it's basically he's slapped in the face with pretty much perfect evidence that there there has to be some kind of grand design and he has to accept it or not. I like what he said. Again, same thing I said before. I can almost buy it, but it still seems lazy. This is the tipping point, this movie for me, on the M. Night Shyamalan like, pretension versus art scale. He's, he's gone over so the So the tipping today. point for you came at like the last five minutes of the movie then? That will... No, they, they tease it throughout the entirety of the movie. Having, the first time you watch it, yeah, you're expecting something interesting, but having seen it before and knowing the outcome you can look back on the rest of it with kind of a different eye. Yeah, the only thing that doesn't really bother me, though, the way they tied it up, the things that bother me are what I said about the practicality of the aliens invading a water-based planet. And then, two, uh, why don't they go to the lake? Like, because they take everybody a vote. else. They take a vote and they say, Yeah, but that's, that's stupid. No, I mean, they don't <laughs> know for sure whether or not the lake thing well, is true at that point. Well, that was part of the plan. So if you're going to buy the plan horse shit, you got to buy they had to stay at the house for the plan to work. No. Well, what do you mean, no? They're not going to swing the baseball bat at the lake. There's no water glasses at the lake. It all, it's all got to stay in the house for her speech to make sense. Yeah, but you're looking at it from the point of view that you're, you know, it's a retrospective point of view on the movie. Like, I'm just saying if you're watching it for the first time and he tells him, like, oh, they don't like water. And after, you know, he gets in the truck and drives away, like, I'm going to go to the lake. I would think, you know, as a parent mel gibson would be like ah shit like i don't want to take any chances it seems like they don't like water 
I'm going to get my no, family closer to the But there's no water. evidence to that. that yeah, M. Night Shyamalan just says, I don't think they like water. Yeah, that was one thing. He didn't like, you didn't spray water on the one that's in his pantry. You're just like, I have a feeling they don't like water. Yeah. Bye. Bye, Father. I'm going to the lake. Don't call me Father. Yeah, and then Mel Gibson's <laughs> like, oh, uh, Ray, whatever his name is. Ray Reddy. Yeah, says like they don't Shyamalan. like water. Should we go to the lake? And everyone's like, no, we should stay here. There's no evidence they don't All like right, water. But yeah, okay, maybe that's what I have a problem with. Since when are families a democracy? I don't get that. Well, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> but Ours I mean, was. No. You guys were growing up? No, I mean, like, parents... You got to vote. Parents tell kids what to do. That's the, They don't take votes about, like, existential, life-threatening situations. <laughs> it's like, get in the fucking car, we're leaving, there's an asteroid coming. That's just you kind know? of the shit that bothers me, though, is like, oh, I don't, I don't think they like water. Well, okay, I mean, maybe, like, again, it's like what I was saying to you earlier, Dad, like, the movie's got to communicate that. Now, if M. Night Shyamalan had, like, spilled water on it in a panic when it was in his house, or it had gotten into some, I don't know... Like those little foil covered barrels of fruit juice things in his pantry because he probably likes those or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or it's like sprayed a cap or sun in itself and melted. <laughs> like then there's some currency to that argument. Like, oh, hmm, maybe the water is bad for them. Yeah, but if they, you're right, if they had found that out, they would have gotten super soakers. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I'm saying that's like the, the the crux of the movie is like oh, we could have gone to the lake and been fine. But your only evidence is the M Night Shyamalan self-insertion character in the movie he wrote and directed, saying they don't like water, and that turns out to be their Achilles heel. It's so lazy. That's okay, just why yeah. the movie doesn't work for me. It's I, it's ties back to the water thing. The water with yeah. the alien, like that's that's the worst part of the it's, movie. It's to fucking me. brutal. That the the whole like their escape, their get out of jail free card is the guy who wrote the movie saying they don't like water. Did you read the script? Is that in your truck on like the passenger seat? Yeah, next it's to you? supposed to be breaking the fourth wall. Okay, it's like oh hey, that's the director. Oh he may he should know what's going on. If he had, yeah. had like a director's outfit on and looked directly at the camera and said they don't like water, I think and then, he, and then he? he drove away. Well, I thought that's a subjective shot of Mel Gibson looking into the truck, though, so. They have a few of those weird subjective shots, like when Macaulay Culkin's brother says, like, I'll buy the book, and the camera's, like, an inch away from his face. Did you catch that? I don't know what you're talking about, but I, I think I know, maybe. I don't know. When he's buying, like, in the bookshop in town, he tells the old lady, like, oh, I will buy the alien book. And it's a, a subjective mm-hmm. shot, meaning it's, like, from inside the old lady's head, like, her point of view. Oh. Versus an objective shot where it's just the camera's off by itself. Just some weird shit like that. Or, like, the camera in the middle of the kitchen table when the sheriff's deputy's there and it keeps panning back and forth. It's just some weird shit. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That yeah. was strange. It was strange. And there's, the, uh, yeah, there's a lot of problems with the sheriff's deputy, not the least of which is that she's saying the aliens don't exist because there's Scandinavian women who can jump, like, she's five feet tall, so they can jump five feet in the air. Okay, but their roof's, like, 20 feet in the air, so... Are there people in rural Pennsylvania who can four times beat the Olympic record? I just take that as, like, you know, you're in, like, this, like, far-off farm country thing, and it's just like, oh, well, some person got the, you know, police deputy position, and... Hey, really graduate dumb. high school. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, you know, I see the police. Uh, what is she like? A sheriff or something? I think she's in the sheriff's department. Yeah, she's yeah. a sheriff. I see her like she's supposed to be the the voice of doubt. You know, because I think Mel Gibson and his family are supposed they're the proxy for the audience, 
and she's telling you, okay, this you're crazy. You're going through a severe trauma. You're not thinking straight. Aliens don't exist. Like, get a hold of yourself, man, in a nice way. I mean, Mel Gibson is not on board with the aliens until he goes into the cornfield at night. Right, and they actually see the lake. Yeah, because he thinks that... Which was uh, a really good scene. He that, thinks that it's the, the Wolverton brothers and somebody else right. who are messing with him. Well, right. that's I actually liked that part of this movie. Like, up until the part where they had the thing in the pantry. Like, mm. it was one of those... Well, I can't remember if the birthday shot was before or after. The that. birthday shot happens when he's at the house, I believe, because Joaquin Phoenix is inside the closet watching the TV. But at, when he was at... Uh, in Mike Shyamalan's house? Yeah, because then okay. when he gets home, he's like, let's get the TV out because something's going on here. Okay, but um, anyway, I actually like that point of the movie up until there where it's like very much like, oh, you don't really see the whole thing. You know, you fill in, you know, the alien with your imagination kind of thing. It's like, it's scarier that way. It's like... Yeah, yeah. And then as soon Agreed. as like you see like the comical like little like hands being like cut in half or whatever or like, you know, the actual alien holding the kid, you're just like... I, this is just funny now. The unarticulated rubber hand that comes out under the door. Well, yeah, yeah. they're much. I thought this movie was pretty like suspenseful the first time I saw it, up until you know all the reveals and everything. Well, because I like that you know they the clicks and stuff. They can hear the clicks through the baby monitor. And they yeah, like it's the, like you're filling in with like all oh, these things, like you know, like on the baby monitor or something or. <laughs> Are they like bug looking? But actually, like the thing is, like I knew probably like 80 or 90% of this movie, but I'd never had seen it before yesterday. So like, it was like a little, I, I didn't know what the aliens looked like. I knew that they were weak to water or whatever. And one gets his hand cut in half. But other than that, see, I, I think you guys it. are overfocused on the, uh, what, what would I say? Overfocused on the technical stuff. I think what you're missing is the human drama that Gibson's character was going through. He lost his wife. He lost his faith. He's got two young kids to raise. He's yep. in the middle of some fucking cornfield. But a movie about just that is like a Lifetime Channel original movie. Nobody watches it, so... Yeah, but, the, that, the but, that, stuff but that's is an important. important part to the story that you guys haven't focused on. We just spent like five minutes talking about his crisis of faith and <laughs> you know how the movie ties together in the end. I, I admit, the second time you watch the movie or the third time you watch the movie... It becomes a little formulaic, but the first time you watch the movie, I think it's pretty cool and suspenseful. But I think that's the mark of a good movie, that it stands up to repeat viewing. Well, how many movies stand up to repeat movie, movie watching? Lots. Many of like, them? I can tell you the dot, entire... Dot, dot. I can tell you Die Hard, line by line, like I can write oh, the script out of my head. Yeah. Die it's, Hard, Terminator... It's still an entertaining movie. Terminator 2... All right, Conan. Aliens, Alien. All the Star Wars movies. I mean, yeah. you're Phantom Star Menace. Trek. Well, all the old Star Wars movies. Okay, Good there catch. you go. All the even-numbered Star Trek movies. Yeah. I've, all the Star Trek original series. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. People yeah, will okay. still sit down and watch like Next Generation, even knowing the entire plot of the episode, because the human drama you're talking about is like, oh, you know, should I wipe out this settlement's water supply to make them leave? Like, is that a moral thing to do? Like, even if you know how it turns out, it's still a deep question. Yeah, okay, point taken. So that's that's the kind of the, the weakness of this movie is that it's so, like, let me put a twist in there and tie it up at the end, and then it's cool the first time you see it because you're ignorant of what the twist and everything is, but then if you watch it a second time, you know the aliens are, like Grant said, invading a planet mostly made of water, 
So they should be like having their skin burned off by the the dew point in the atmosphere. To be completely fair, though, I just want to say that all those movies that we called out, those are definitely outliers in terms of quality. That most movies, if you accept that it follows a normal distribution, they do fall into that middle category where signs is. I think, you know, you see it once and it's a really great viewing, and then it kind of degrades. Yeah. On subsequent. I mean, lots of lots of movies are like. But it's that. the bell curve. I mean, that's yeah. observable everywhere. Yeah, like, just the way it happens. To me, Men in Black, it's like that's a movie that I can watch again and again, and it doesn't decrease in quality. Men in Black 2, not so much. No, was the third one good? No. Uh, okay. No. No, no, no. Didn't ever saw it. It, it looked bad. It would, yeah. Have you guys reviewed Men in Black? Uh, no. Well, that'd be a good one. We will someday. We'll have to review all of them then, so Justin will have to watch the third one. Uh, no. Two hours you won't get back. Great. Ever. That's well, why I usually do other things while yeah, watching these movies. He's already had that experience a few times. I probably have a whole day I have, I'm never going to get back from, you know, at least this podcast. You should just add up the, the time, how much of your life has been given away. Well, I mean, if you want to quantify all the things you've done with your time on Earth, I mean, yeah. watching movies is probably not the worst thing that can happen. True. Even if they're bad movies. Aliens, yes. Yeah. So, um, so signs. Yeah. I liked it. All right, you're going with your questions. I know you have so more questions. I don't, okay, uh, okay, I got questions. Since go for it. I mean, I just think that hearing "I like signs" over and over again isn't going to get us anywhere. So we we might right. as well talk it's about like so mission accomplished yeah. again and again. Why at the end of the movie? Were the aliens set on trying to attack Mel Gibson and his kids? Because he cut his fingers off. At the yeah, the, the, that's what I wanted to know too. Did the alien get his address when he was in the pantry? Well, no. Was that the same one? Like yeah. lost his fingers? Yeah, oh, it was. was. Oh, it shows okay. his hand is cut off specifically when he's holding the kid, and Mel Gibson looks right. and is like, "Oh shit, it's that motherfucker." Okay, yeah. So there's that. No, but even when like they're in the basement and like they've realized like, okay, well the invasion's kind of over because oh they found water here. Like, why are they still trying to, like, grab his kid in the basement? It's like, oh, we'll just leave these people in the basement. They can't do anything. They have, you know, they have no guns and no food down there. So well, cause they're supposed to be problem solvers. They're just like, they okay, want well, let's leave them down for there. for some reason. They, and they don't explain why they want the people. Do they want the people? Well, clearly they do because they, they are using their poison gas. I thought that was things. as, like, to eliminate them to take. I thought I, I was very much on board with the kids' explanation of, you know, they're trying to take the resources or whatever. Yeah. Because, okay. I mean, if it's a planet-wide yeah. invasion, it's like, okay, well, they're trying to well, that's, take over the planet. That's how I understood it was that they've been on the planet for a while now. Not, like, years, but, like, a, like a week, few weeks or whatever. And that it's been, like, a mass invasion because they can, like, blend in with the environment. So there's aliens already everywhere, and they're hiding, and they're monitoring people. So they're probably, like, all over the place, and there just happens to be, like, one or two that are, I guess, Rogues. responsible for watching, like, Mel Gibson and his family and, like, the people in that area. Because they mentioned, like... And they click to each other saying, oh, he well, lives yeah, over here. Because they mentioned, like, that the, the farm they're on is pretty isolated. So I would assume that there's only, like, a few homes around there, and there's maybe just, like, there's one or two aliens that are assigned, like, eliminating those people. So it's, 
I got wrapped up in all like how you know suspenseful it was. I didn't ask those questions. Yeah, so, yeah, which there's, was by design. Probably they wanted it that way. There's some <laughs> big questions, but back to the the stupid book that Macaulay Culkin's brother buys, saying that like, oh, they uh, the the aliens won't use our technology because they know we'll use our nuclear weapons in the end. That's why they won't have a big you know Independence Day air battle with their ships. Like the aliens couldn't use guns or something to kill people. Or, like, burn people's houses down. I kind of do buy that explanation, though, because if Justin's right, if the aliens are there for the resources, if we use, like, all the nukes we have, kind of defeats the purpose, the purpose of taking oh, the resources because you wipe that. out everything. I, I get that. That makes sense. But then he says they won't use any of their technology, period. They're going to fight hand-to-hand. The, the little storybook says that, and that's how it ends up in the movie. The aliens don't have, like, any sort of anti-personnel weapons they can use or no armor. Or... I think their anti-personnel weapon is that they are they have, like, biological camouflage and stuff, and they have, little, like, like, poison gas poison things. gas, spidey <laughs> yeah. things. They can't, like, shoot people, burn his house down, maybe. Well, they shoot you with the poison gas. With a gun. They can't open doors. I mean, the, these aliens are kind of bad at being aliens. But you're assuming that guns are the best way to, like, make an, an invasion happen and they seem more like stealth characters, and guns are noisy and stuff. Maybe well, that's the way they want it. They do silent killing, like poison. They just come out of nowhere. They do If it. their mission's stealth, then like the local volunteer fire department can wipe them out with one truck. Just get the hose out. But they, all, nobody over. knew but any Nobody that knows that, shit. that water kills As them. soon as they stepped out of their spaceship somewhere where it's humid, they would have been dead. They would have been like, oh, shit, this is a They bad were in planet. India. It's humid in uh, India. Yeah, all the, the shit evaporating out of there. <laughs> All right, so, you know, that, yeah, again. All right, so maybe it didn't hit the the scientific mark, Clark. That's where the science fails in this movie again. They're coming to a planet that has, Mm -hmm. you know, our atmosphere is partly composed of water Water. vapor. (laughs) So, you know, they would, like, start burning the minute they got off their spaceship. So, again, like, why are they coming to a planet with 80% water? That's what I was telling you yesterday. I think this is, like, a a lift from War of the Worlds where M. Night Shyamalan had to find a way to explain the alien's weakness without saying it was bacteria. You think he lifted this from War of the Worlds? Yeah, I do, kind of. The aliens kind of arrogantly invade Earth, kick our asses for a while, and they're like, oh, shit, we didn't account for this naturally occurring phenomena. We died. Hmm. Have you thought what, about that before? That's what the guy on the radio in the basement says. Like, oh, they were getting out of here real quick, and Joaquin Phoenix is apparently, like, at 3 a.m., they all fucked off because I guess they turned the hoses on or something. People got their garden hoses out. It's just, you're going to hang your entire hat on these aliens invading a planet that they're allergic to. It's just... They can see it from... Space. Space. Yes. I mean, that is the <laughs> defining feature. If you look at, you know, all of the planets in the solar system in a row, there is water on this planet. This is the one with water, <laughs> and a lot of it. Yes. A right. lot of water. Well, yeah, so it just begs the question, like, what resources were they actually interested in, if that's what they were interested in? Water. Because they could have easily mined another planet or something. I mean... We've got all the same elements. They can have Mars. Maybe right. they knew. Or maybe like, the, maybe they knew the water planets. was. Uh, there was a lot of water. They're going to suck the suck all the water from the Earth and and mine the mountains under under the ocean. But that's what they're saying. We don't. They don't have to go through that and expose themselves to the deadly water because they could just go to Mars and do the same thing, where there's all the same minerals and elements and stuff. Hey, just as a reference point, War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise in it. How would you guys think about that movie compared to Signs? I didn't know there was a World of the World movie. I thought it was just a radio broadcast. Oh, well, we'll have to review that sometime. Great. It's not a bad movie. Oh, okay. You've Steven's... not seen that, Justin? Nope. Steven Ooh, Spielberg that... made it. It's a good one. 
Well, how, how would you rate that versus signs? It's a little better. Uh, I'd say it's 20% better. I mean, it's kind of entertaining because your doppelganger dies, Tom Cruise kills him with a shovel. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. In the basement. Yeah. <laughs> After he tells the girl to go cover her ears. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's got to be entertaining for you to watch. Only if I'm married to Susan Sarandon. Oh, I'm not anymore. Sorry. I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, anyway, my ass to the curb. What? Well, why do the dog not like the water? At the start of the movie. Why did the dogs do anything? Because the, the other animals were hanging out just fine. It was only the dogs that were going crazy. The dogs were going nuts because they sensed the aliens. Oh, I, I understood yeah. that. But why weren't they growling at the cornfield? Yeah. And not the kids. Because they could hear. No, but they were turning their aggression on the family, not on the, the aliens mind controlling them. Yeah, I yes, noticed that too. The aliens were fucking up their. I, you their know, I behavior. think it was redirected aggression. Like animals, when they get really scared, I think if sometimes they'll redirect the aggression onto people, and they just can't control themselves. I don't know. I've had dogs like just start growling at like weird shit, just like growling at you know the woods or something, or like a wall or whatever. Right, and like they never like if I you know I'm like hey you know calm down Gizmo don't freak the fuck out. You know, he's not doesn't like go for me. It's like it's like like looks at the wall like all like shifty eyed, and then like you know, goes get him another but, heart transplant. Yeah, yeah. Was he really that afraid though of what he was growling at, or was he just like you know like fuck you, get out of my territory to whatever he saw that you didn't like? I'm I think that the dogs in this movie they were just like they were so scared that you know they went nuts temporarily. And... They were part of the suspense build, I thought. No, their, I mean yeah, that that was kind changing. of suspenseful start because I mean. Yeah, a dog jumping at somebody is, you know, it's one of those things that gets you a little, like, you know, jumpy. It's like, ugh. Well, they're barking at something in the in the background way out there, and then their behavior changes. And the dog, when it gets killed, evidently it must get killed by the alien, it's yelping. That's a suspense builder. Poor doggy. What did it sound like again? <laughs> Okay, here's my sign sound impression. That's the aliens knocking on the door. Can we come in, please? We can't use this doorknob. It's very hard. Well, they okay. have like weird little like try fingers, so it might be that hard to part use. of the movie. I feel like they could have drawn that out a little more. And I actually read about it. Uh, there's some deleted scene where, and I, I think they shouldn't have cut this out. They they start out right. They they board up all the windows and doors in the house, mm-hmm. but they forget the attic. Yeah, and that's where the aliens get in. There's yeah. there's a deleted scene apparently where they their kitchen's like sealed off from every other place, and they barricade themselves in the kitchen and like barricade the door, and the aliens are breaking through the door, and that's when they go into the basement. Because I always thought it was a little weird in this movie that they just automatically retreat to the basement, like the one place that oh yeah, it's like you there's can't only get one, out of right. You can't get out of there if you know if something goes wrong, or they light your house on fire. Right, or, or yeah, I didn't think they were going to do that, but just that you have no way out of the basement. I thought that they at least could have... You would try as hard as you can to have an alternate way out before you have to fall back on, like, the basement as the last resort. I mean, Mel Gibson may be the only farmer without a shotgun in the whole world. That is kind of surprising. I didn't think about that, but... I yeah. bought it because he's a preacher. Like, I don't... You know, maybe he has some anti-gun thing. No, I mean, if you're... In the country and you own a farm, just having a gun is 
something you need as like a tool to like take care of rodents or like you know your dog gets hurt you need to put it down somehow especially in america with the nra yeah like seriously i my i my mom lives out in the country i don't know anybody out there who doesn't own at least one gun Especially in America. I don't know. And I don't even know how it happened. She moved out there and she ended up finding a gun in her house. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. Well, they have a baseball bat. <laughs> in this movie, they have a baseball bat, which turns out to be all they needed. So so there. Yeah, they have a, like a framed baseball bat <laughs> yeah. in the wall. Like, I'm a big fucking loser. Merrill Hess, 1997. Strikeout records. Why do you think, it's, why do you think, that's a, why do you think he's a loser? Because that's what the guy at the Army recruitment station tells well, the Master Well, so what? Sergeant. That's one guy. Why was he at the Army Recruitment Station? Never explained. Okay. He was just in there so the staff sergeant guy could tell him about, like, the aliens using military tactics to scout out the weaknesses. No, I thought he was thinking about what he wanted to do with his life, and he was thinking about joining the military. I mean, it's possible. Like, I, that's kind of the vibe I got. Like, oh, there's, like, this world-changing event happening. I want to do my part to help contribute, you know, for the better of Earth and maybe you know, push in the right direction rather than towards the aliens. That's what I got kind of out of it, but I still don't know why, like, he started talking, like, well, oh, you're the, the home run guy. And then, yeah. like, this guy in, like, a leather jacket with, like, a cigarette and, like, you know, a hairdo, like, on, yeah, he's just a strikeout record guy. Yeah. Like, the fuck, man? Like, you always have one of those losers in some place. Well, why is he signing up for the Army, then? <laughs> well, well, you have to, I think, again, you guys are missing the human subplots here, where I think he looks up to Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson had purpose in life, and now he's lost it. And he's searching for his own purpose, and he's thinking about joining the military where it has discipline. I, I'm okay with that. Which is it's, a fine story to tell. Yeah. But you need to explain that What do you mean you audience. need to explain it? I got it out of that. No, he I, didn't I, end I, up signing up for the military. He's like, oh, I got scared because there's some guy, like some punk in a leather jacket, like, you know, making fun of me. Yeah, he's so. just like, oh, can I have the pamphlet? Go back his character binder. makes sense in this movie. Like I, in the context just contained within this movie, I don't think about anything he might do before or after. It's just he has no purpose, or he is portrayed to be a loser. He seems like his life is meaningless. End of the movie. His purpose is to kick the alien's ass. Swing away. That's, that's his purpose. Just like it's Mel Gibson's purpose to realize that what his wife was saying was how to beat the aliens. And the kid was supposed to have the asthma attack, right? So that he didn't inhale the poison. I mean, yeah, it's it gets annoying how it all ties together. But that, yeah, it's the whole Lazy. point. And the little girl with the water glasses. Yeah, it all works. It all works for me. Right, and it's getting into that pretentious level of M Night Shyamalan. Well, that's why the movie's called Signs. It's it's too neat. I agree, but then it goes back to what I was saying, that it's like he's being slapped in the face with how could this be so neatly wrapped up? Am I going to believe in this or not? Mel Gibson or the audience, because that's how I felt. Mel Gibson, who you're supposed to be put in his shoes. They're trying to do that as much as possible. Eh, too neat. It works. But it doesn't work. This is the movie that ended M. Night Shyamalan's career. No, well, that's only no. because no, that's the only one because after this, kidding, this movie did awesome at the box office. This right. he was like flying high after this movie. It made like five hundred million dollars. But he, it's like his his wings, his wax wings. The village was what started his descent. I, I'm saying this is the movie that ended <laughs> his career in the sense that like he, he got too much creative control after right, this movie. He, he's been pumped up. His tires got pumped up so much that he just went fucking nuts. Like he went off the reservation. 
oh, people love this dumb twist shit. I better write more movies with that. So now we're going to write The Village and then that one with Paul Giamatti where, like, the... Lady in the Water? Yeah, it's really a mermaid lives in the apartment complex pool and there's, like, magic storybook wolves who want to eat her and it's all real? This... I, science is where he... You can draw his career, like, on a graph. It's where he just... It's, he went and said... Right, that was... Rotten Tomatoes actually the does a really well, good job of that. Like, you can watch, <laughs> you know people's you know rotten tomato meter thing like on a graph like each year movies are released for yeah. them it's pretty funny he got away with it one too many times here and then he he's gone he's fucking crazy now well what do you guys think about him as an actor i thought he was act his acting was good well he's really not in the movie enough to it's, judge his it's abilities. passable as any mean? other like he has a big drama scene no but he's, he's where he's total... showing a lot of guilt and remorse with mel gibson that's one scene but that but that's, Look, a, that's I, a pivotal I, scene it is his acting in this is passable for the whole like self insertion into a movie as a director. Self insertion. I don't know what it's called. Like self insertion. Self insertion. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it sounds it, like a porno movie, Justin. I. Uh, so does self insertion. Yeah, they. Anyway, I mean, it's not. It's good. It's not like Pulp Fiction good with the scene with. Um, why am I blanking on his name right now? Quentin Tarantino? There we go. Yeah. I like that scene much more than any scene with M.I. Chamberlain in this movie. I, I, know, I thought he was good. I thought he was all right. He's yeah, like, it was passable. It wasn't like, oh, it's crazy. It's just like, what would oh, you hey, want M.I. Chamberlain, what are you doing there? I mean, it was Mel, it was Mel Gibson's character that had to, had to carry that scene because you wanted Mel Gibson to punch him out. And the guy was apologizing to him. And it was remorseful. And you could see yourself doing that if you were ever in that situation. I thought he was very convincing. The guy sounded like he chugged a whole bottle of codeine before he did that. What? I never fell asleep when I drive before. I was at that right moment. Sorry, Father, I'm going to the lake now. I don't like water. Bye. Once in my pantry, don't go in there. Well, he was a little shell-shocked from, you know, dealing with the alien, throwing it in his pantry somehow. Don't know like I'm saying, his acting was all right, but it wasn't like, oh, my God. M. Night Shyamalan, stop directing, become an actor, you're so good. Can we talk about the two funniest parts in this movie? The dinner scene? The dinner scene and and Joaquin, <laughs> well, and Joaquin Phoenix wearing the tinfoil hat with the kids. Yeah. And, like, that he's utterly convinced now that, like, they, yeah. he's, like, the kid is, like, basically preaching to him from the book and telling him what... Oh, you, you didn't, like, I... Yeah. You weren't going to nominate his uh, scene watching the Bolivian birthday party or whatever? He's like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were pretty close together, those two scenes. Yeah. Those, no. those are the top three funny scenes in this movie. Yeah. The dinner scene being number one, the other two, yeah. eh, it's a tie. Where Mel Gibson steals everybody's food and then, like, starts crying. Start <laughs> eating! Oh, we'll all fucking eat it! Oh. Why is that funny? Because I just I picture because, Mel Gibson yeah. like that in real life. Because <laughs> it's it, it's so hard to separate it from like him drunk, like crying with the cop pointing him over like ten. Like, oh, the Jews yeah, but that are was way past. For all the world's but wars. that was way past signs, right? I mean, this was done well before then. Actually, when he I was, thought it was a good scene when his wife was dying against the tree, I couldn't stop thinking of his. You're gonna burn the house down and blow me. Voicemail he left for that woman he was divorcing. What? <laughs> that Russian woman. He's like, I'm gonna make you blow me while I burn the house down. Like one of his drunken, insane voicemails. 
Okay. Even if like you guys are reading too much into that. Even movie. if he didn't have too many crazy incidents prior to this movie, that's not something somebody just goes into overnight. Like he still had like bits of crazy probably before this and. No, what it remind me of that Family Guy thing with John Goodman, John Goodman. <laughs> where he's like eating everybody's food and it's like there's no food like for anybody else and he's like shut up. Oh, and they look like Holocaust survivors. <laughs> They're like all like shut up. skin and bones. Yeah. I thought I was thinking of Lethal Weapon when he was going crazy eating the food. Martin Riggs. When is he going crazy eating food? No, no, I like just his insanity. Oh. By the way, Lethal Weapon's going to be a TV series coming this fall. That'll be good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to Tinfoil Hats and the Jews. I don't think the Jews were mentioned in this movie, but... They were not, but You Mel could Gibson, see it in his Mel Gibson's yeah, eyes. Mel Gibson wanted I'm to... I'm sure on Stormfront, there's an analysis of this movie saying, like, the aliens are proxy for, like, Jews, like, behind the scenes, like, controlling everything. It's a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. Mel Gibson insisted that was like, in the movie. You better be watchful. They're going to come out of the shadows and get you with their poison gas. <laughs> it's, it's revenge for the yeah, Holocaust. Right, they're right. using the poison sure, gas now. I'm yeah. sure they've been analyzed. It I'm like sure that. that's in there. Yeah. I mean, there is the pretentious religious angle to this movie. You can analyze it as Mel Gibson's faith is tested by demons. Right. Who are it's cool, the supremacist cool critique. So why wouldn't you think about it that way? Because that's stupid. What do you mean? I mean, I think the scene at the dinner table was one where it, all his, all the stuff that had gone around him the previous six months kind of, kind of came to a head. It was a good emotional scene. You guys think it's funny. I don't get it. I guess I'm looking at it from a parent. You guys aren't. I guess you're looking at it from the perspective of you're too focused on the, the human drama. Look, yeah, I am. Yeah. The first I time I saw it, I did not understand it as like he was like just having a cathartic moment from all like the shit he'd gone through. I had, I, I had it as a moment that he's like, "Oh shit, like we're all going to die tonight." <laughs> you know, this is uh I I got it as he was breaking down, but it just was hilarious to watch. Like, who like freaks out with like, "Eat your food." Well, then I'll fucking eat it like, Arr! "I'm going to have some of everybody's." I used to do that all the time. <laughs> You still do. <laughs> That's right. I had, to, had some of your Diet Coke before lunch. Yeah. yeah. You you missed it, Justin. Uh, I want some of that Diet Coke right now. You know we should we should we should do the Marxist critique on this movie as well. Oh, like my God. because they voted to stay in the house as equals. Like that's that's why they had to go through that harrowing experience. So that right. No, no. The no, Marxist no. critique would be that because they voted, that's why they survived because they worked collectively as equals. <laughs> And the aliens were the capitalists who were trying yeah. to come exploit the resources that they were not entitled to. They yeah. were trying to take them right. with racist right. colonialist imperialism. Right. The Did you see the faded Trump for president uh, sticker down in the basement? Anyway, Bernie Sanders' podcast <laughs> starts now. <laughs> if you'd like a platform to tell us about why you'd want all your wealth taken away. you, you the, alien, the aliens are the evil one percenters. I, I guess the aliens are <laughs> Wall Street. That's the plot. Yeah, they used all the money. Right. They're hedge fund managers. Coming to take Mel Gibson's farm. Right. They were coming that, to foreclose on his farm. Into the Jews, he went, that yeah, it. exactly. Careful. The supremacist critique. Right. <laughs> You say we're not focused enough on the human drama. We just examined that from three different... <laughs> right. <laughs> right, Clark. In a very deep, thoughtful way, too. 
what is more dramatic than like man's struggle against the Jew? <laughs> <laughs> According to Mel Gibson, not much. Yeah. God. They start all the world's wars, apparently. Yeah. Right. Sugar tits. <laughs> you guys are you guys are bringing Mel Gibson into this. Bef- this was this movie. Uh, well, he's was made, in the movie. This, was, this movie was made well before any of his. So nut, you don't think that he had any of these insane views and was not like an I don't ultra... pro- I don't project his personal views and they're warped and sick. No, no, no. Into the movie. We're not projecting them. It's just that he makes them so apparent and so outspoken that it's really hard to distinguish his personal views from the crazy people he plays in movies. He always plays crazy people. Yeah, and it's like, you know, give me back my son. You know, he's 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 even crazy in that movie and he's But he wasn't he wasn't crazy in this. I didn't think at all. Uh, I thought he was a little crazy like he I thought he was a little think... crazy in that first scene when they were like trying to chase down the alien. He's like, "Well, I don't curse." It's like, "Okay, I'm sure even preachers curse, all right? Like, you can just say, like, get the hell out of here. Like, well, you say hell. And well, then, like, when he's mad at the dinner table, like, and he has, like, the, you know, starts sobbing, he has the insane vein, like, popping out a little too far in his head there. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's already, like, you know, been worked out to the point where it's just, like, you know. Right. Yeah, okay, well, the guy the guy is sick, right? We know that to be true now. All his rants on different things that he's done over the last few years he's sick but he's in the not movie sick. he was just drunk but in the movie <laughs> and he was he's a drunk and in the movie though he lost his wife within six months he had his faith tested his kids raising his kids alone with this brother that appears to be a guy that's pretty unhinged as well and he's trying to keep his life together and all of a sudden this creepy green thing shows up in the cornfield puts him over the edge it's not green. It's only green because he's a chameleon. Or whatever. Because the one at the Bolivian birthday party is brown because it was in so the woods. So sorry. Oh. <laughs> or is it Brazil? It was. Oh, it was it's Brazil? Mexico. Because it's Mexico. No, it was Brazil, and I'll tell you why. Portuguese? No, oh. because I was like fast forwarding through the credits to see if there was anything else afterwards. <laughs> and you would do that. One of the thing. one of the You didn't credited, slow down? One of the credited actors, or their role, was Brazilian birthday boy. And I just started <laughs> laughing at that. <laughs> That's perfect. Brazilian birthday boy. Yes. Like, loser. birthday party attendee, number one. I, I only saw Brazilian birthday boy since, you know, I was just going through on media players, like, click, 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 and it's, like, popped up right where my eyes were focused. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> There wasn't anything after the movie, by the way. Oh, there's no, like, stinger with the science expanded universe? No, um, they don't, you know, have the Infinity Gauntlet or anything like oh. that pop How out. How come there's not a Science 2 movie? Because it's kind of self The aliens aren't going to come back. They yeah. don't like the water. They're dead. So well, even, they could send out another, another, uh, another exploration. But they found out firsthand, apparently, the only way they learned that Earth has a lot of water on it. Is to scale a full stage invasion to find out there's water. Yes. <laughs> and the radio says, and Walking Phoenix in the radio in the end, Mel Gibson sleeps in the basement, says that you know the army killed a bunch of them, and the aliens left so fast they didn't pick up any of their wounded. They retreated as fast as they possibly could. I can only assume somebody got their like their hose turned on. So if you're going to do signs too, if you if the three of you were were Hollywood showed up and said, 
put me a script together for signs too, what would you guys do? Blank sheet of paper. Blank sheet of paper. Yeah. You wouldn't build off any of the signs. There are no signs. There the are. Movies. That's what the movies. The movie is named okay. signs. Okay. Okay. No. If we're, we're going to take you know this like signs, just crazy like thing that you're saying right now, just as like a thought experiment, you know, I would say you know have them invade the moon, take the resources from there, and then blow up Earth. Okay. There's signs too. Good. I like okay. that. All right, let's start the production. <laughs> and somebody picks up a sign from looking through the telescope and, and sees well, these okay, little people on sign. the moon. Like, okay, it's, it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be a literal... That's like, the name of the movie, signs. All these signs point to something. No, all of them point to like 15 seconds in the no, script. No, a sign would be nah. like, oh, you know, the tides aren't happening anymore because, you know, some shit's going down on the moon. Like, that's a sign. Looking through a telescope isn't a sign. That was bullshit. I thought we hit that button. <laughs> what do you mean? There's many signs in the movie. I don't know. No, I don't okay, get there are some signs in the movie. There's but plenty of signs in the movie. Not everything is a sign. Well, that's an interpretation of the movie. Sounds like we have to shut down the reactor before the podcast goes critical. If you want to leave, you can. <laughs> I don't know. There's many, many signs, though. So that's why the movie's named that way. I'd, but you're uh, you're just too, like using like yeah you're like you can force anything to be a sign. It's like oh the pickaxe they were like using to like jam the door. That's a sign that you know. Maybe his wife left it there, and it's like it's a sign that you know he. That's loved what we were joking it. about like, with like the Marxist interpretation that you can like. John Steinbeck wrote a, a a short story called The Red Pony and put it out there and watched a bunch of asshole retards in universities try and divine the meaning of it, and then he said, "You know what? It's a story about a red pony. There's no subtext, no symbols, nothing." And people couldn't; they lost their shit. They couldn't handle it. You just can't say, like, hmm, that's significant because it, it represents Mel Gibson's repressed sexual attraction to his mother. Yes, hmm. Yeah, sometimes, you sign. know, a sign is just what it is. It's Yeah, sometimes it's just it's what it is. Or, you know, it's this, it, like, deep, you know, yeah. what's the word I'm thinking of? You know, analysis of, like, everything, yes. you know, in art or movies at this point. It's just, like, or every little tiny thing. It's like, oh, the blue curtains are, you mean, this or, you know. yeah. His dream, or dreams in movies actually do usually mean things, but that's a bad example. But, no, but I mean, sometimes you get, like, you get fucking put in shock and you babble shit. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the core plot of the movie and then turn around and say, ah, it was a sign from God. It's the title. Therefore, it's immune to criticism. Then why was the movie titled Signs? Because there were crop circles, and those were the signs for the aliens. Right. Oh, that's the only the, reason. The crop circles were... The literal signs, and then the figurative signs were the things that his wife said, and all the things that tied together. That's the whole thing. That's it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, but I'm saying they're only signs because the end, Mel, Mel Gibson finds out they are at the end because that's what the script says. Like, it, there's no. If you took out that last part, they just beat the shit out of an alien with a baseball bat, which would have been a fine ending in and of itself. I'm serious. If they'd come Goofy out of the basement, CGI alien with a what baseball was a puppet? Bat. Oh, was it a it was puppet? It was a puppet at the end, to be fair, yes. Oh, okay. You couldn't with tell. Puppets. Was it a CGI one when like he was holding the kid? Yeah. Okay. But it was a puppet when he was hitting it. Okay. 
I, I think I just was like at that point, I was just like, wow, this is fucking. It was all oh, the one puppet was like ridiculous. the rubber hand puppet that okay. slid under the door, and then the extra, you know, wiggled it around a little bit. I was just disappointed when he was hitting the alien with his bat that no candy came out. Anyway, what are we doing next week? Because that was awful. <laughs> I guess so, we'll do the happening. As a surprise. No, we, I think we determined we are doing the happening last week. Okay. Is the happening another one of uh, yeah. M. Night's things? Yeah, so if you want to go down an M. Night Shyamalan some more next week, we'll, we'll see how you defend the happening. <laughs>